Welcome. This is a presentation of WVUD News. Hi, I'm Jessica O'Hara. And I'm Matt Ford. During this program, we will take you on a journey covering the biggest stories to hit newsstands this year. From the weather to the White House, from Haiti to healthcare, these are the stories that affected us as a nation and university community. As the economy began to build up, Mother Nature decided to slam down on the Northeast. With devastation overseas, medical personnel gave a helping hand to those most in need abroad, while others worked to help those right here at home. Today we begin our program, where else but at the start of the semester. While most are now breaking out the shorts and t-shirts, we are reliving the days of frigid digits and paralyzing winds. WVUD's Marissa Hall reminisces with students about how Newark handled the one-two punch of Mother Nature. As students prepare to begin spring semester, Mother Nature decided to throw them a snowball. Between February 5th and the 12th, Newark was hit with two back-to-back blizzards. The first storm blanketed the campus with about 25 inches of snow, becoming one of the biggest storms in Newcastle County history. Later that very week, another storm hit, only adding to the accumulating snow levels and prompting Governor Jack Markell to shut down Delaware in a state of emergency. The University of Delaware acted in the same way, with administrators urging students to move in later than the original Sunday move-in date. This caused the spring semester to begin a day later, soon after classes were canceled, not once, but twice. So what did students do in their newly acquired free time? After speaking with UD students about their snowmageddon experiences, many spoke of warm indoor activities, which varied from How I Met Your Mother reruns to Urban Outfitters online shopping sprees. Brittany Noonan, a sophomore and Laird campus resident, was one of these students deciding to stay warm and dry in her dorm. We literally did nothing all day. We sat in bed and watched movies and ate the food that was left over from our Super Bowl party. And I lived off cupcakes that my mom made for two days. Other students dared to venture out. Paul Ruiz, a senior RA living on the North Green, spoke of an almost day after tomorrow experience. Like the movie, Newark was shut down and desolate during times of snowfall. He sat down with WVUD in Morris Library's Bleecker Street during a break from studying for finals and told us about his experiences on Main Street. Yeah, I, I had, uh, I remember I just saw the snow coming down and uh, I decided to venture out, uh, being the adventurous sort that I am and not heeding any kind of warnings about not going out into the snow. Um, that's what people, that's what courageous people do. Um, and uh, it literally did look like like a scene from an end of the world movie. Uh, it was like quiet, and there would be like little whispers of like wind that would brush past, and like there were like these herds of nomadic students walking down the street, and you know they would all have like they were all like buckled up and had like their coats over them, and it literally just looked like you know. We'd been through some horrible stuff and, you know, we're <laughs> scavenging to find food. Everything was shut down. There was nowhere to go to eat. Uh, <laughs> and you just looked down the street and there were just all these, like, just really small groups of students just trying to, like, get through as the snow would pile on them. Students like Paul still remember the experiences they had that snow-filled week. As the snow began to thaw, students remembered their first wanderings around campus which included massive snowball fights, sledding, 
snow for construction, and blizzard block parties. The snow was able to bring people together, including brand new roommates. Brittany met her new roommate, and soon after they got snowed in together. Yeah, well I had a new roommate for the beginning of spring semester, and my old roommate had moved out. And I think that being inside for 48 hours definitely let us bond and helped us like grow a little bit closer because we really didn't have anything else to do but talk to each other. <laughs> and I think that definitely happened for a lot of people on campus. Paul, who hadn't been here during fall semester, was introduced to some of his new residents when the delay of his suitcases left him with a bed and no sheets. He was able to borrow some hot pink sheets from a female staff member. He documented his snow memories through Twitter, like many other UD students on campus. I would like to take a moment to announce to the world that I am sleeping in a hot pink bed. Other tweets shared a wide variety of experiences throughout the snowstorm, keeping students connected, even if the snow kept them apart. I'm at a level snowman right now. That's how cold I am. Hate snow, love snow days. Another day off tomorrow. No classes again tomorrow. I'm going insane with boredom. I feel like I'm inside a snow globe that was placed in the hands of a crazed six-year-old. The storms that hit not only Delaware, but the entire region, which includes parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., is one for the record books. Due to the infrequency of these kinds of storms in Delaware, there may not be another storm of its magnitude for years. Many students who lived through Snowmageddon said it wasn't an incident they would soon forget, making this year's snowstorm another college experience they can add to their UD resumes. I'm Marissa Hall with WVUD. Start your day with a hearty cup of WVUD Java Time programming from 6 a.m. Monday through Friday at 91.3 FM. You'll be entertained with the best in music and informed with news, weather, and traffic tips that will get you ready to go each and every day. No matter how you take your morning cup of coffee, you'll love what's brewing on Java Time starting 6 a.m. weekdays on 91.3 WVUD, the non-commercial voice of the University of Delaware. So we want to know, how do you take your Java? On Tuesday, January 12th, a catastrophic magnitude 7.0 earthquake struck west of Port-au-Prince, Haiti's capital. 52 major aftershocks hit the country over the next two weeks, affecting the nation's 9 million residents. WVUD's Jen Rini reports one group right here in Newark worked to make a difference. The students at the University of Delaware have not forgotten the earthquake that shook Haiti on January 12th. Students involved in the arts, student affairs, and Greek life alike have all made strides to raise money to help those who are displaced and injured by the earthquake. Most recently, there has been an arts festival to benefit Haiti. Cerise Chudari, the brainchild of the event, says after she heard about the earthquake, she was motivated to do something. With resources and collaborations by many people from different clubs, the UD Arts Festival for Haiti became a reality for Chudari. Collaborations came from many venues, such as underground hip-hop artist Mike McGonigal, also known as DJ McKestro, and Ben Caudill, Chudari says. McGonigal tries to push for the benefit concerts and various charities and add a different edge to the appeal. We just wanted to leverage, you know, that type of music, which, you know, it's very conscious. It's a type of music that, you know, you don't hear too much in the mainstream um, music where, you know, a lot of the people who produce it are people that, you know, do things like this, you know, you know, they spend for great causes, they, you know, help out for charities. So we just, we really wanted to leverage, 
you know, our, our, our music and to, you know, really help out with this event in that, in that regard, so. Caudel, as well as Third said hip hop and music in general provide a way to make a difference. To uh, support any cause, any foundation, um, hip hop does have somewhat of a bad uh, rap sometimes, and we try to squash that. Uh, we do spin underground hip, I mean, um, drum and bass too. Um, and uh, we, we really use the tool to try to get people together uh, with any cause because we believe that music is, is really a good tool to uh, organize people for uh, in such causes. So. The online publication UDaily, through the University of Delaware's website, lists many of the events students at UD have planned to raise awareness and money in addition to the United Students for Haiti concert. According to UDaily, the UD Benefit Concert attracted over 600 students and raised more than $7,000. In addition to the Benefit Concert, Kappa Alpha and Zeta Beta Tau, two fraternities at UD, raised almost $2,000 for relief efforts in Haiti. But money isn't the only thing that helps relief efforts. Awareness has also contributed to activism. According to UDaily, students formed a new organization, United Students for Haiti, that is comprised of eight other UD student organizations. Collectively, they are committed to rebuilding the Haitian hospital, Villa. Throughout all the student activism, one theme has been constant, collaboration. Shudari emphasizes that her arts festival for Haiti was a shared experience, one that relies heavily on the students. Well, the university is made up of students. So I think it's the students who, um, who come up with these ideas and then the, the, the promote it, and which promotes the university's idea and what, how, like, how they... Um, shape their students, like what they teach in classes. McGonagall also agrees that to foster any kind of rallying effort, it's the students that need to take the initiative first. There was the United uh, Haiti event, and uh, you know that was that was a really good event. Uh, you know, the president was there, and uh, a couple other people, but uh, the governor, I believe, Markel was there. So, I, I really do think that the university does do a good job with these types of events because like she said it's it's the students that really want to organize these things and uh, the university definitely backs them 100% and um, yeah I mean I, I think they do a great job. So. In addition to all of these current efforts, Cotto says there is still a possibility for continued activism. Uh, I, I always think that it's a, it's a you know, you could do a great job, but I always think that you could always do better, better in any institution. Uh, I did attend an art institute in Seattle. I'm an artist myself, and then art institutes are a little bit different than, or any arts college in general, a little bit different than, than colleges. But um, I, I think any college in general could put more emphasis on fighting for something. You know, it's like almost it's been it's been lost. Um, and, you know, this is really um, a really well-organized event, um, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, um, that says a lot, and, and I think, uh, you know, uh, that really uh, is, the, is, is the point. Chudari says she wants to get everyone involved with these efforts, from the Peace Corps to the Red Cross and to the Anthropology Club. And whether they are here at the university or overseas, one thing's for certain. These current efforts have not gone unnoticed. I'm Jen Rini with WVUD News. Over 4 million Americans have Alzheimer's disease. Taking care of a loved one with Alzheimer's is an exhausting and often thankless job. This is why their caregivers are known as the forgotten victims of Alzheimer's. There is no cure. 
but there is hope and support. Call Alzheimer's Disease Research at 1-800-437-2423 for free information on coping with Alzheimer's. That's 1-800-437-2423. With graduation season upon us, many young people will be venturing out of the classroom and into a less-than-ideal job market. With diplomas in hand, many graduates are realizing there is more to getting a job than just a resume. WVUD's Jessica O'Hara reports on the skills necessary to succeed in such a difficult job market. 1.6 million students are expected to walk across the stage into adulthood this spring, according to the U.S. Census. The big question many students are grappling with is what to do in the next chapter of their lives. Many students are opting to sit out the job market and begin graduate-level schooling. Those opting to enter the workforce are facing grim prospects with unemployment numbers for the month of April at nearly 10% and underemployment numbers at 17%, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. There is a whole world of advice and guidance for new graduates to increase their chances of finding a job in the economy saturated with experienced workers. From the Home Buying Institute, analysts suggest applicants be willing to settle for less, that is not to say set the bar low in the job search, but to stay realistic that a college degree is not a guarantee to management-level employment. Graduates also need to put their networking skills to use with friends, family, and professors. Every advantage and connection is needed to be successful. The next two pieces of advice go hand-in-hand. Be flexible with your location and limit your living expenses. Going home to live with mom and dad again might not have been in the plans, but it is a great way to save money. Statistically, it is easier to get a smaller local job first than the dream job in the big city. Some companies won't even look at a resume that is not local. The final two pieces of advice also work well together. Go above and beyond to distinguish yourself and communicate better than your competitors. All those dozens or even hundreds of resumes will look alike to managers. Showing some creativity and drive will set your application apart from the others and hopefully rise to the top and be considered for an offer. Communication skills are huge with employers, no matter what the field. Simply being able to write and speak in a coherent and sophisticated manner will allow you to go further. According to the Wall Street Journal, employers expect to increase their college graduate hiring, but not on a widespread basis. An index that tracks college graduate hiring rose to 103, according to the March-April Survey of Employers by the National Association of Colleges and Employers an organization of college career service professionals and employers. That's up from 96.4 in February. The index measures how many employers plan to increase or decrease and by how much. A reading above 100 indicates an expected increase in the level of hiring, whereas a number below 100 indicates a decrease. Some 37.6% of employers surveyed said they plan to increase hiring. Of those adding recent graduates to their payrolls, they plan to take on a median of 10% more new hires. Meanwhile, a quarter of employers said they plan to decrease hiring. The resurgence in plans to hire young workers is a positive sign, but the fact that less than half of employers said they were adding recent college graduates indicates the class of 2010 still has a tough job hunt ahead. I know for myself personally, the job search has been daunting, from not knowing where to start to making it through the first interview and everything in between. I know it is not impossible to find a job, but I have to stay focused and driven, knowing that I will eventually find that good job. Hello, this is U.S. Senator Tom Carper. I can remember almost every fall growing up, teachers asking me, Tom, what did you do with your summer vacation? If I'd been a member of the Blood Bank of Delaware Eastern Shore, the answer would have been easy. 
I saved a life. If you are 17 years or older, weigh at least 110 pounds and are in good health, you can make a difference this summer by donating blood. To schedule an appointment, please call 1-888-8-BLOOD-8. One hour of your time to make a lifetime of difference. Our year in review would not be complete without discussing the biggest transformation the current administration has overseen. The reform from Capitol Hill of the nation's health insurance is something on everybody's mind these days, leaving many Americans confused about the terms and conditions and how it affects them. WVUD's Matt Ford reports on how the bill will affect young Americans. C. Williamson currently has Cigna insurance through her husband's policy, which runs through July 1st through June 30th, but is required to sign up yearly between May 1st and May 28th. Her son, a full-time college student, turns 23 on May 30th and will be dropped from this policy as of June 1. The company says that Williamson cannot add her son back to the policy until July 1st, 2011. After speaking with representatives in Washington, who have told her that she should be able to pay a few months of COBRA and then get him back on the plan at least by October. Just because summer's here doesn't mean WVUD stopped broadcasting. We have content all summer long, 24-7, 365 on WVUD.org or on your FM dial at 91.3. Catch some of your favorite shows at extended times, including Hard Stopper Radio with a new start time at 4 p.m. every Monday afternoon and Zero Hour every Tuesday at 4 p.m. That's two and a half hours of fresh new content to start off your week from just a couple of your WVUD favorites, as well as brand new content with brand new personalities hitting your airwaves every single day. It's 91.3 FM, WVUD Newark, the voice of the University of Delaware. A message from former Presidents Bush and Clinton. Hurricane Katrina revealed both the generosity of the American people and the resiliency of American business. If you're a small business owner, it's essential to you and your community to get up and running quickly after any disaster. We urge you to visit ready.gov for free tools to help create an affordable emergency preparedness plan. Because the faster you're back in business, the better for all of us. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the Ad Council, and this station. A message from former Presidents Bush and Clinton. President Clinton and I appeal to you for help with the recovery from Hurricane Katrina. We're here now with a different request. Events like hurricanes can be devastating, but there are things you can do to limit the effects of all types of emergencies. Visit ready.gov to learn how to take simple steps to prepare for emergencies. A little advanced planning can help keep you and your family safe. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the Ad Council, and this station. The Human Resources Department at Williams' work says it is not required to add him back and won't until maybe July of 2011. She, like many Americans, are seeking answers for this apparent hole in the policy and needs some help to clarify what is and what is not required for this new law. One of the provisions in the new health law that has gotten a lot of attention is the extension to age 26 of the length of time that adult children can remain on their parents' health insurance policies. Although the provision becomes effective six months after enactment, or September 23rd, many insurers, including Cigna, said that they would make the change sooner so that students graduating this spring could take advantage of the extended coverage. Employers can choose whether or not to adopt the early implementation date that Cigna is offering. If they decide against early implementation, then under the law they don't have to begin extending coverage until their new plan begins. 
It's unfortunate that their enrollment period is so late, says Sarah Collins, vice president for the Commonwealth Fund, a foundation that supports improved health care. Although insurers were quick to jump on the bandwagon and extend young adult coverage ahead of the deadline, a recent survey shows that many companies are decidedly less eager to do the same. A survey of 800 companies released last week by human resources consulting company Mercer found that only a quarter of companies that don't already provide coverage to children of age 26 intend to put the extended coverage in place before the new plan year begins. This change is a pretty big deal for employers, with new notification requirements, employee communication, and tax implications, said Tracy Watts, a Mercer consultant, in a statement accompanying the survey findings, not to mention that it would be an immediate, unbudgeted business expense. According to the survey, employers are considering several steps that may limit the number of families that take advantage of the new provision. Among them, requiring proof that adult children do not have access to other coverage through an employer, adding contribution rate tiers so that instead of just offering employee-only and family coverage, they offer varying rates based on the number of dependents covered, and making employees who cover more dependents responsible for the additional cost. That sums up our year thus far. Throughout this program, we covered international, national, and local headlines. If you are just tuning in, now don't forget to log on to www.wvud.org, click on Podcasts, and scroll down to News to hear our program in its entirety. This year has certainly been full of news that stole the spotlight, and we are sure there will be plenty more stories that will have you talking in the 2010-2011 school year. For Jen, Marissa, Jessica, and all of us here at WVUD News, I'm Matt Ford. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in to WVUD News for all the latest news headlines and stories that affect your community.